You're listening to an analysis story on the audio version of The TIE. Thanks for listening. The TIE is a nonprofit newsroom that is funded by our audience. So if you appreciate this article and you'd like to help us do more, head on over to support.thetie.ca and become a TIE builder. You choose the amount to give, and you can cancel any time. A Spring Election Pitting Trudeau Against Poilievre By Michael Harris, September 9, 2022 When Thomas Hobbes wrote that without government life would be nasty, brutish and short, he could also have been describing the upcoming session of Parliament. When MPs return this month, get ready for Rock M, Sock M politics. But don't worry. It won't last long. By spring, the whole parliamentary, Pier 9, brawl, could well end in yet another trip to the polls. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, new haircut and all, will bear the brunt of the grumpiness roiling through the land, or at least his detractors hope he does. One thing's for sure, there have been better times to be the incumbent. Grocery bills look more like car payments thanks to inflation. To get runaway prices under control, the Bank of Canada keeps raising interest rates, as it did again this week. In time, that may help. But for the moment, it merely turns the screws on people seeking or renewing mortgages. The price of gas is a daily reminder of how much poorer everyone seems to be, drawing attention to Ottawa's carbon tax of 11.1 cents per litre. Critics say the policy doesn't work. Some provinces like Nova Scotia want out of the federal system, even though the Supreme Court of Canada has ruled that Ottawa's carbon tax is constitutional. Systems unraveling. The healthcare system is sputtering like an old lawnmower. After two years of COVID, doctors and especially nurses, the forgotten people of the system, are beyond unhappy. Although the provinces run healthcare, Ottawa is taking heat for not paying its fair share of the costs. What was once a 50-50 split has turned into the provinces, footing the bill for 70% of healthcare costs. If we get another wave of COVID this fall in tandem with a bad flu season, as they have had in Australia, the system could collapse. Even Trudeau admitted that Ontario Premier Doug Ford was right when he claimed that the status quo isn't working anymore. Ditto for the teaching profession, where there are shortages across the country. As of May, British Columbia had 500 vacant positions across multiple school districts. Several other provinces are having trouble attracting and keeping educators. The pandemic has put a tremendous burden on teachers. They have been under pressure to keep the classrooms open because everyone agrees that the mental well-being of students is at stake. But what about the mental well-being of teachers? A recent study by the Canadian Federation of Teachers found that 70% of the 15,000 educators surveyed said they were very stressed and increasingly unhappy. The queue of immigration applicants hoping to come to Canada is longer than the lineup at a Tim Hortons drive-thru on a rainy day. There are now more than 2.7 million people waiting to have their applications processed, up 300,000 from June. Canada's biggest airport, Toronto Pearson International, is an exercise in travel masochism. Once viewed as the best airport in the world, Toronto's air hub is now seen as one of the worst. Now when you head out to catch a flight, you have to bring survival rations and an overnight bag. What happened? So Trudeau will be on the spot and in the spotlight. As if the policy issues facing him aren't enough, he is also suffering from declining personal approval numbers. 
and that has led to constant noise from anonymous voices inside the caucus that it might be time for something more basic than a change in his appearance. A Pierre pivot? So who is the most likely to benefit from the fact that the country is bummed out? The glib answer is Pierre Poilivre. His supporters see him as the only authentic Harper conservative. His detractors see him as a potty-mouthed, underachieving nerd. After yet another fiddled leadership contest, it looks like Poilivre will be leading the CPC after Saturday night. But will it be all downhill from there? Likely yes. Because preaching to the converted is one thing, talking to the whole country is another. It is far from certain how firing the governor of the Bank of Canada, banning his ministers from attending the World Economic Forum, cryptocrapola economics and primal screams of freedom will win hearts, minds and votes across Canada. Poilever hopes that he can ride the anger train to power, the way another unqualified candidate became president of the United States for one term. Trump demonized Hillary Clinton, and Poilivre will try to do the same thing to Trudeau using similar techniques. Tom Mulcair recently told me that Canada is too good a country for that to happen here. Some wags have claimed that once Poilivre becomes leader, Canadians will be treated to the Pierre pivot. Suddenly, there will be photos of Pierre posing with children, petting small animals and wearing the glued-on smile of a guy trying to be something he's not. I'm not buying the Pierre pivot. After sucking up to the Conservative Party's hard right to win the leadership, Aaron O'Toole tried to become Mr. Middle of the Road. He ended as political roadkill. His transparently false reset won him even less seats than the hapless Andrew Scheer captured when he was leader. So what Canadians will see in the new Conservative leader is pure Pierre, fangs, venom and the smirk. The fact is Poilivre is a dyed-in-the-wool acolyte of Stephen Harper, proud of his far-right populist views and unapologetic for his dismal record as a member of a government that ignored the environment, abandoned indigenous peoples, undercut democracy and despised the press. And oh yes, a government that added $150 billion to the national debt during its time in office. Poilivre's fossilized views on vaccine mandates, and his chummy relationship with that mob in trucks that took over Ottawa for three weeks, make the point. Pierre Poilivre is a one-trick pony. When Parliament returns, Poilivre will try to use the Prime Minister as a punching bag. He will do his best to carry his elbows high and perform for those people who like seeing someone giving it to Justin Trudeau, even if the charge is that the PM went on vacation. Poilivre will do his best to fan every flame of grievance into a forest fire. Every question period he will try to provide the watercooler clip on the national news. Much sizzle if little stake. Look for two things. If the past is a reliable guide, a lot of times Trudeau won't be in the chamber, which will leave Poilivre shadowboxing or flailing away at subordinates. When the Prime Minister is present, he will be well briefed on the new Conservative leader's past and able to land a few shots of his own. Pretty hard to defend the snitch line, right? Or the laughable Fair Elections Act. And what about Alberta sovereignty? One certain line of defense for Trudeau is that several of the things that plague Canada are global issues, not matters of domestic policy. No one country controls the supply chain that has been whacked by COVID, just as no country controls the price of gasoline in the wake of the war in Ukraine. Blaming everything on Trudeau will work, but only with people who already think he is the devil incarnate. 
What will definitely not work in Canada is the ugly spectacle of Deputy Prime Minister Christa Freeland being verbally assaulted in Alberta by a man who confused gross obscenities with fair comment. Or Pierre Poilivre making insulting and degrading comments about Global News reporter Rachel Gilmore for the high crime of asking pertinent questions about his connections with members of the far right. Singh's vulnerability. In a curious way, NDP leader Jagmeet Singh faces the most daunting test when Parliament resumes. Singh took a big risk last March when he entered into a confidence and supply agreement with the government that could keep the Liberals in power until June 2025. Under that arrangement, the NDP caucus will support the government in future confidence votes, as well as supporting the government's budgets. In return, the Liberals will adopt measures in keeping with key NDP priorities, such as dental care program for low-income Canadians, starting with 12-year-olds this year. The NDP also expects action on a universal national pharmacare program, a homebuyer's bill of rights and more targeted action on climate change. But here is Singh's vulnerability. There is a scenario under which his alliance with the Liberals yields the square root of bugger all and could, in fact, cost Singh his job. What would the NDP leader do if the Liberals became embroiled in a major scandal sometime during the next three years? If he stuck with the deal under those circumstances, his own caucus might turn on him. And there is another issue. Should the Liberals respond to the new Conservative leader's attack politics by painting Poilivre as a danger to Canadian democracy, Trudeau could decide to pull the plug and take it to the people. That would leave Singh with nothing to put in the window in a snap election. The government could set up an election by introducing a series of measures, including accelerated action on gun control, a reaffirmation of the right to abortion and a commitment to a green economy, all things that would get under Poilivre's skin, but which play well with Canadians. Poilivre has said he is pro-choice on abortion, but he would allow Conservative MPs to bring forward legislation to limit access. And then there is the hottest issue of all, healthcare. While some Conservative premiers are raising the possibility of a public-private healthcare system, Trudeau could steal the show with a vow to keep Canada's public healthcare system universal no matter what. Would Poilivre advocate a public-private system? Not a winning strategy. Poilivre and the polls. There has been a good deal of fluffing up Poilivre in the conservative press. But the polling numbers don't bear out the claim that there is some sort of wave building for this career politician who has actually been around since 2004, for years longer than Justin Trudeau. Case in point. When the conservatives had no leader, they enjoyed a five-point lead over the liberals, according to a Nanos poll. But when Poilivre became the odds-on favorite to win the leadership that number dropped to a virtual dead heat. A recent Ipsos poll found that 21% of Canadians would choose Charest if they could vote for the next Conservative leader, against 16% for Poilivre. But among Conservative Party voters, 57% would choose Poilivre, against 38% for Charest. And according to the latest 338 Canada poll, which was updated September 2, if an election were held now the Liberals would get 32.2% of the vote and 144 seats, and the Conservatives would get 31.9% of the vote and 132 seats. Before Poilivre embraces more populist politics, he should consider one more polling result. The Abacus poll that says 91% of Canadians think that Canada is a better country to live in than the US. Thanks for stopping by the Tai today. 
anytime you're in the mood to listen to important stories written well, we'll be here. And if you'd like to keep independent media going strong, head over to thetai.ca and click on the Support Us button to pitch in. Finally, big, big thank you to all of our Taiyi builders who made this story possible.